Okay, good morning. Welcome back. Thank you for being here. Hope you're doing all right. Today is March 2, 2022, 3-2, Class 7, looking through or in a series talking about the 3D Veiled Mind. Uh, there's a lot to talk about, and um, the backdrop is <laughs> war in Europe and a very real possibility of uh, Russia-NATO military conflict. Um, for that, there are many sources. I'm not going to bring them in, but uh, take a look at interviews with Scott Ritter, R-I-T-T-E-R, Scott Ritter, um, a brother, uh, particularly Consortium News, talking about Putin's nuclear threat and the situation there. It's a little bit dire, actually. And... Um, not to be underestimated. And um, uh, <laughs> better uh, prepare mind and body and home uh, just in case um, there things get worse, which is very possible. Meanwhile, um, so we're <laughs> talking about the 3D veiled mind. Uh, at a time in civilization at the end of the 3D cycle, for sure, the time of tribulation or pressuring, eclipses, with great revelation, apocalypse, and the final conflict of virtue-vice or uh, control versus freedom, which is apocalypse, you know, Armageddon, um, all of which is the result of this intense veiling by the Logos uh, that we see in uh, Earth Humanity today. Earth Humanity today, doing what they're doing um, internationally, domestically, interpersonally, internally, pre to personal to people, is all the result of this uh, intensity of veiling. If you veil the mind this much, this is what you get. So the hope of the Logos knows that, and the Confederation knows that. I'm not sure they're going to veil this much again, but they, the Logos seems to need to let the game play out. Uh, last time, bringing in discussion of uh, the linkage between egocentric bias and Ra's comment that, that subjective knowing is a poor friend uh, from Raw Session 61, QA9, uh, Don's asking about the purpose of physical incarnation from a very wisdom over love bias in that his view was that the purpose is to reach a conviction through one's own thought processes as to a solution to problems, yes, uh, in a totally unbiased or totally free situation with no proof at all. Yeah, we don't, know, we don't have proof of all sorts of things, uh, particularly proof of various truths. Therefore, as I've said, as we see, anyone can argue anything. Um, any position can be cogently, reasonably argued, actually. And that's what we see with the major East-West conflicts today. Ross said, and this is the distinction between subjective knowing and subjective acceptance, particularly what's needed for harvestability, but for us who are going beyond simply love without wisdom or uh, subjective acceptance only, trying to do subjective knowing also, 
we need to not only recognize the limits of subjective knowing, but its 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 importance <laughs> uh, in many ways, because there's much that cannot be understood, and there are many decisions that cannot be well performed or de- determined the decision or best option without subjective knowing. Anyway, Ross said, this is not a dimension of knowing, even subjectively, due to the lack of overview of cosmic and other inpourings which affect each and every situation which produces catalyst. The subjective acceptance of that which is at the moment and the finding of love within that moment is the greater freedom. That known as the subjective knowing without proof is, in some degree, a poor friend. For there will be anomalies no matter how much information is garnered due to the distortions which form third density. As I said, the very uh, rotational quality of light, which is the basis of the 3D third chakra, you know, third ray, yellow ray physical body and brain that we use for knowing, um, gives certain extreme limits to knowing. And so knowing, depending on body and brain, while we're in this body with the brain, has these inbuilt limits based on the veiling and based on the nature of their density too. But um, there's a certain freedom from subjective knowing, right? For to the extent that there's still a sense of self, a separative sense of self, everything's subjective. Subjective acceptance, subjective knowing, it's not yet transpersonal, it's not yet objective or universal. All we do is subjective because we're still in a subjectivist identity. So subjectivist identity is the basis of the subjectivity of everything we do or think or can function. All functions are subjective because we're still trapped or not yet finished with the eighth fetter of conceit or a subjectivity or a you know, dualistic, mentally fashioned sense of identity, perception, sankara, and vijnana, third, fourth, fifth skandhas. So, it's all subjective, but there's a certain freedom to subjective knowing that is not a given by subjective acceptance. There's a certain work um, uh, in the development of knowing that leads to a greater freedom, but it's much more difficult. And it is a little bit in a certain sense, more complex than subjective acceptance, which is simply yes or no, and finding love within the moment. Do you know what love is? How do you love evil and and uh, and atrocity? <laughs> well, <clears throat> find love in the moment of observing or experiencing uh, torture and atrocity. Well, most people will think, you know, that's an asshole fool to say such can be done. But <laughs> acceptance and love are the same. So if you find love within the moment, it's green reactivation. This is subjective acceptance. This is an, ultimately an acceptance that it is. And what we feel about it is, is not the same. I don't like it. It's terrible. It's, it's tragic. But it is. And in the subjective acceptance, which um, is not a wealthy friend, it's also a poor friend, actually. Actually, subjectivity is poor. The poor friend is subjectivity. Identity. 
perception, conception, personalist consciousness. The skandhas are a poor friend. Uh, avidya, uh, any kind of knowing or acceptance or experience in the 31, rel- 31 planes in seven dimensions is a poor friend, at least up to six, because there's still ignorance, there's still avidya, and there's still dukkha. And so <clears throat> this whole octave is a poor friend, but it's the logos. In the sense it's a poor friend, because, I mean, what is a true friend? Well, love is a true friend, but love doesn't mean I like it. Love acceptance or subjective acceptance is really, you know, okay, it is. Well, everybody can accept that. Well, it's not quite that simple, though, because it's a, it's a subjective accepting, or it's an accepting, that is based on some sense that there's justice to it. There's some... It is fair. Now, how can you consider that atrocity is fair? Well, then you have to look into reincarnation and the law of karma and multi-incarnational existence and soul and purpose of, you know, that, that we are beings of multiple lifetimes, of multiple dimensions, uh, existing in a divinely organized uh, cosmic uh, structure, right? Divine, uh, <laughs> divine plan cosmic plan and uh, soul evolution and the cosmic plan, right? Universal vision, soul evolution and the cosmic plan, my second book title. Uh, There has to be some understanding that there is soul evolution and cosmic plan to do subjective acceptance, actually. Or the greater the understanding that there is indeed soul evolution in this indeed truly cosmic uh, divine plan. That, the, the more that one knows that, the more that one can do true subjective acceptance. So so the limit to subjective acceptance is subjective knowing. <laughs> and as I said last time, there's a very curious relationship between second ray, third ray, fifth ray, uh, between the, the, base, the basis of subjective knowing is subjective acceptance. And the basis of subjective acceptance which is very much about, is very associated with the nature of one's sense of subjectivity, which is very much second chakra. But second chakra, to a large degree, is simply the lower self pole to the higher self, six chakra, higher self, where six, two chakra band, lower self, two, higher self, six, or those chakras as bases of, or center points of what can be called higher self, sixth chakra, sixth density, lower self, so-called personal mind-body-identified self, second chakra. Second chakra, sixth chakra is one, and it's simply two sides, uh, sixth sixth chakra, second chakra, are are the two poles or points of the polarity of identity. Identity is a polarity. Everything Everything outside of complete and perfect enlightenment is a polarity. Light is a polarity. Right? <laughs> Light is a polarity, on and off, action or stillness. Yin and yang, as the basis of, you know, mind and body, or um, knowing and doing, or, or feeling and thinking. Okay, so even identity is of a polarity, 
of a lower and a higher, of a universal and a personal. So to the degree that identity or subjective is universal or transpersonal or second chakra communicates with six, one subjectivity is such that one can do subjective acceptance. And the quality uh, with which, or the capacity to do subjective acceptance, which as Ross, you know, is if, if subjective knowing is a poor friend, so what is subjective, subjective, and no, subjective acceptance is a wealthy friend? <laughs> What's wrong with a poor friend? Well, actually, it's a fine friend, subjective knowing, to the degree that one can really do subjective acceptance, to the degree that one's subjectivity is informed by higher self, or universal, or not simply mind-body identified. So the quality of one's subjectivity is the basis of one's ability to do subjective acceptance. And the quality of one's ability to do subjective acceptance, which is very much fourth chakra, right, of course, love and acceptance, determines one's ability to do subjective knowing. So when the self is known as I am that I am, or I is that it is, I is such, to the extent that one has spiritual development, six chakra activation, one sense of self or subjectivity, is uh, greater than simply YOLO, one lifetime, and this mind-body and, and then extinction forever. One then can um, accept more and know more. Know yourself, accept yourself, become a creator. Said Ra. Well, uh, the degree to which one can know oneself depends on how much one can accept oneself. One's degree of accept oneself, with the, to do that which is difficult, requires um, uh, the spiritual know thyself or know, know yourself that is of 6-2 chakra band and uh, spiritualizing the sense of self which is not grandiosity at all. It's, I is that I is. I am the one, I is for all, the one using body-mind. Not I am, I is the one, <laughs> yeah, the one, that uses body-mind. Okay. Well, there's some sense of spiritualized identity there, without grandiosity, hopefully without any narcissism and spiritual inflation folly, then one can do subjective acceptance better. And so subjective acceptance is very much fourth chakra activation. And fourth chakra activation, as, uh, as accept yourself, is the basis of know yourself or subjective knowing. Know yourself and then know. So, so subjective knowing is not only know thyself or know yourself, but know what can be known knowing inner and outer. That totally depends on uh, fourth chakra capacity to accept and they interplay, knowing and accepting. And that totally depends on the nature of one's sense of self. And that totally depends or significantly depends on six chakra. And that is contact with the greater I, the one that is making use of body-mind. And that's how one gets out of egocentric biases. And so on this long page of egocentric biases, where it, it's for Wikipedia, it's very well done, actually. It's a very important page, I think. Uh, but it can be boiled down pretty well 
Um, number one, as I said from last time, in the section of causes of egocentric bias, uh, they found by some research that it's the result of, they wrote, unintentional perceptual distortion of reality rather than a conscious intentional motivation to appear normalized. So it's subconscious, it's unintentional, or it's subconsciously driven. Perceptual distortion of reality. It just means distorted perception or distorted conception and mistaken view that is not necessarily consciously um, driven. So egocentric bias, definition, top of the page, tendency to rely, and this, this can be de- deconstructed helpfully, hopefully too. Egocentric bias, tendency to rely too heavily on one's own perspective and or have a higher opinion of oneself than reality, they wrote, appears to be the result of the psychological need to satisfy one's ego and be advantageous for memory consolidation. Mm-hmm. So to rely too heavily on one's own perspective, <laughs> that immediately needs to be shot down because one's own perspective is all one has. Your perspective is uh, known to the extent that it's incorporated into my perspective. So there's nothing but one's own perspective. Subjectivity is not vanquished until you leave sixth density. So one's always in subjective perspective. There's All perspective is subjective, without a doubt, intrinsically, until you're free of uh, false identity. So one always ha- is relying on one's own perspective. The question is how, how broad or um, clear seeing based on subse- acceptance and knowing is one's own perspective? How enlightened or how much based in honesty, how honest one is? How much one is committed to honesty? This is committed to subjective knowing or knowing or truth, love of truth, is a commitment to honesty, or honesty um, is a manifestation of a deeper commitment to truth, which is called love of truth, which is a deep commitment to accepting true subjective knowing, true knowing. Accepting true knowing, accepting what is, is a commitment to truth and honesty. If one's own perspective is not simply uh, personal, but it wants to include universal or so-called objective (laughs) or what seems to be beyond one's own perspective or expand one's own perspective beyond what I like, beyond what feels good, to include anything of what is, that whether it feels good or not, I don't care. I want to know. I don't want to be trapped in dishonesty or false uh, knowing or false belief, misunderstanding. If one's own perspective is deeply committed to honesty, one will discover truths about self and other that are painful, but then are accepted. But then one won't have a higher opinion of oneself than reality, meaning a falsely exaggerated sense of self. An exaggerated or inflated sense of self won't happen when one is really honest how one wants to know oneself, know yourself, accept yourself, (laughs) leads to a realistic opinion of oneself. So the have a higher opinion of oneself than reality, an exaggerated sense of self-value, self-worth, 
based on a deficient sense of self-value and self-worth, it's compensatory, appears to be the result of psychological need to satisfy one's ego, as I said before, ego as a third chakra blockage construct, or ego is a construct, a concept, associated with a third chakra blockage identified sense of self. (laughs) A third chakra blockage based distorted sense of self. When third chakra is heavily blocked, the sense of self is heavily distorted. That's called ego. And it's significantly interpersonal. You know? Um, It's very third chakra. Ego, Rav, you know, saying that ego resembles, there's no such thing as ego. We find this concept unworkable and understanding cannot come from it. True. Right. And so, uh, green ray doesn't come out of third chakra blockage. (laughs) There has to be third chakra blockage clearing then one can go to fourth ray or a true understanding. And that is not, that doesn't satisfy ego or third chakra blockage, but true understanding satisfies um, true self, one's true nature. So then there's a difference between ego and true nature. Mm -hmm. Ego, third chakra blockage, very much associated with a distorted sense of self, ultimately, all the egocentric biases, egocentricity itself, and all the defense mechanisms themselves, maintain a um, damaged sense of self that's compensated for by egocentricity and exaggerated self-worth. Exaggerated self-worth and self-value, higher opinion of oneself than reality, exaggerated self-assessment, inflated sense of self, is compensatory to low self-value, low self-worth, and is directly related to a blockage between 6 and 2. The 246 line is blocked. The person is not committed to truth. They think they are, but actually they're not. Called self-deception. And so it's all over the place. Not everybody, but many, many. And so, uh, here they wrote, egocentric bias occurs when people fail to consider situations from other people's perspectives. If you, working from a damaged sense of self, a basic sense of self-unworth, self-unworthiness, or low self-value, low self-worth, you will fashion a hardened, uh, false superiority ego. By that, who cares about your opinion? Only mine is important because I'm the best or I'm the right one. And that's um, all <laughs> associated with a damaged, a wo- you know, personal wounding. Self-wounding. The wounding of the sense of self. A wounded sense of self. The next line here, egocentric bias has influenced ethical judgments. How about egocentric bias influences always ethical judgments to the point where people not only believe that self-interested outcomes are preferential, but also the morally sound way to proceed. My, the, the outcome and the decisions and the perspectives that I have are best. The morally sound, the only morally sound way. It's a shock to me, shock, shock, that every religion has a significant number of people saying, ours is the best way and the only way. Every one of them. They're, they're the majority, it seems, that the true believers in every religion, 
not everybody in a religion is a true believer. There are some people who are true believers outside religion, <laughs> true believers in that they're dogmatically self-righteous, believing that theirs is the only and the best. But in every religion, there seems to be a significant group of people who believe that ours is the only way and the best way. Same with the atheists, the nihilists. They too believe ours is the only way and the best way. So this is the um, the uh, infection of uh, moral perspective by damaged sense of self. A damaged sense of self, old wounding, hurt, shame, guilt and shame, regret, remorse, low self-value, low self-worth, pain carried unhealed, influencing uh, assessment of what's right and best and good and true. Egocentric bias is a distortion um, in recognizing truth. This sort of moral um, moral bias is a view that my perspective is the right way and then <laughs> the doubling down is my perspective is the only right way. It's the right way and the best way and the only way. It's the right way. It's the right way. The only right way. The only best way. The best way is number one, I guess. So the only, it's the best way because it's the only way and it's uh, the only right way. <laughs> it's the only way, the only right way, and thus the best way, and I got it. And that, that's held by true believers across the globe throughout the whole of human history in every religion, not all, again, but many in all religions, in all religions, in all traditions, all over the place, uh, in all religions, <laughs> in every religion, in every indigenous group, uh, in all sorts of places, all sorts of people, all sorts of cultures, all time periods, a significant number, if not the majority, perhaps the majority, I don't know, of membership, of members, of group members, believe that theirs is the only way, the best way, the right way, and the only one, and that's it. And they are morally superior to all. Thus, they can do no harm. And nihilists have that same view. Some New Age people have that same view. <laughs> some intellectuals have that view. Some existentialists, Sartre, Sartre, and Camus, some guys like that, they have the same view. So you have... Uh, <laughs> Religionists, atheists, nihilists, ideologues, <laughs> skeptics, materialists, superstitious spiritualists, metaphysicalists, metaphysicians, all falling into the same view. I am good and right and true, and mine is the only right and true and best way, and that's that. <laughs> Okie dokie. Um, our guru did it. Our guru did it. Our guru did it. It's all done by our guru. How about you? <laughs> How about you? It's so much easier to just say, you know, ours is the one and only savior, and I'm the one and only prophet, and I'm following the one and only true teacher, savior, prophet, teacher, leader, even the ones that are not religious, just the ideological. Why do religions keep splitting? Because nobody can accept that their 
leaders have faults and they have faults. And <laughs> this is the difference between manas and buddhi, as Nityananda said, you know, with buddhi, discriminative awareness, which is fifth ray. One can realize one's strengths and weaknesses. And of the proliferating nature of mind. Uh, a position of awareness distinct from mind, actually, from the the from the the content producing mind one can recognize i am not the content producing mind i am the one that has own experiences or <laughs> is uh, associated quite intimately with this content producing mind the difference between consciousness and thinking thinking goes to belief thinking and feeling goes to belief uh, i'm the one that experiences thinking or perception going to belief and thinking and feeling going to experience. I'm the one with this mind. I'm not this mind. And so what are you? Well, I am that I am, or I is that I is. So, but, but that needs to be experienced. And so this is all associated with um, the middle five. And I think I'm gonna, not going to continue on with this discussion of egocentric bias which is very associated with self-serving bias and all sorts of biases that either see my way as the only way or others is wrong or others is right and I'm wrong, <laughs> the humble the modesty bias, uh, which is more common in the East. Uh, there are very few people who are committed to honesty, East and West, today and in the past. And by that, um, that, those minds are ripe for biasing, for bias. And then, of course, uh, further on defense mechanisms of all sorts of type projection and particular repression and avoidance and intellectualization and dissociation and dot, 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 the whole list of defense mechanisms. But it's all a matter of chakras. It's all associated with a, or can be, understood better by seven chakra analysis and it's all of the middle five two three four five six you want to know uh, veiling and the removal of the veil um, the evolution of beings from the animal through higher self and out uh, the relationship between manas and buddhi it can all be understood much deeper by an, uh, a chakra analysis of two three four five six so two three four five six is where the work is done uh, the great work is the middle five. That's human in my... <laughs> imagine my fanciful view of the term, the word human, 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 is five manas, fivefold manas. Who? Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I pulled it out of my uh, PIE um, imagination, proto-Indo-European imagination of the root of the uh, prefix who. Man clearly is of manas and mind, from Sanskrit, without a doubt, man is of mind. Who, uh, who to me is of five. <laughs> whether I, there's any letter, whether there's any kind of scholarly, academic, etymological, the history of etymology, root, you know, basis for that, I think of human, human as fivefold manas, the fivefold man, fivefold man, fivefold mind. The five-aspected mind, just like two legs, two arms, and head. That's the five-pointed star is the symbol par excellence 
of the human, which is five. Why? Because seven one is not human. One anchors a body and is not of consciousness. It's pre-conscious. Seven is uh, the basis of uh, the fact that this is Godhead operative, that this is logoic play. This is a dancing light, dancing thought, dancing light. It's made by Godhead, this whole situation for incarnation of anyone, for everyone. So 7-1 is um, before identity and after identity, before consciousness and uh, beyond consciousness. Before the five skandhas and after the five skandhas. And the five skandhas, like five skandhas, is of the middle five. Two, three, four, five, six. Uh, long, long, long. <laughs> this, this is what we did upstairs, this kind of thing, you know. Long, we just sitting around, you know, on our uh, toadstool on the mushrooms <laughs> uh, with uh, Alice. Um, looking at the um, the subtle interrelations of, of the middle five. The middle five is where it's at. That's the heart of soul evolution, the middle five. Chakras two, three, four, five, six. And so you've got two and six bounding. You know, this is the this is the work. You know, the, the periphery of the sphere is one seven. The two concentric circles inward from the sphere to the center is six two five three, and the center of the sphere or the core is four. Actually, there's no sphere, just like there's no spoon. Nevertheless, um, it appears as a sphere. It's a seven dimensional you know, spherical or a torus, um, the nature of self or the soul that does soul evolution through seven densities. It's toroidal. It's uh, toroidal as the basis of spherical. But it's actually a dream, of course, so that too is sunya. But uh, the relative truth form, the relative truth of the form of the self or soul that does soul evolution in the in the octave is toroidal or spherical, as far as I can tell. That's about as far as I can take it. You know, maybe it's fractal, but all that's the same. Fractal, toroidal, and spherical is all the same in my <laughs> limited view. Uh, the uh, periphery seven one is not of the working; it's of the establishment for there to be a working. Pre and post identity, pre identity one. Post identity seven, uh, the root of you know light and uh, it's basically just the the parameters of light <laughs> and the source of light and the the parameters of light never being outside the source of light one seven, the working is two three four five six, and so within that the smaller you know the sphere within the torus the sphere within the torus is two two three four five six. That's what's veiled. <laughs> Two, three, four, five, six is the is the greater veiling. It's done in three D, but it's finished in leaving higher self. Only when identity is vanquished or offloaded, leaving six, is uh, the inner sphere dissolved fully into the greater toroidal or whatever it might be, uh, and the light disappears. Like Lucy says, "I am everywhere." <laughs> I is everywhere and goes to Satchit, and that's the end of the game, and one uh, joins the community of guardians. But before that, we can talk about the nature of the middle five. And so, two, three, four, five, six. 
in our dimension, um, two and six is the basis of identity. Two and six are the far points of the two four six chakra line. Uh, the way to the, the way to you know the father is through the son. The father is is met in six through the son of four. So two goes to six by way of four. The way to purify the two six chakra band is by love. But love is not good feeling. Love is unconditional acceptance, non-control, radical non-control, radical surrender of control. It's freedom from grasping and aversion. It's mindfulness. (laughs) Sati is anahata chakra. The consciousness of anahata chakra, fourth chakra, green ray, is sati, is mindfulness. It's wu wei, it's non-doing, or it's not really non-interference, it's non-control. So wu wei, no doing, Chinese Taoism, is really no interference, no interruption, no control. No control means no grasping, aversion, ignorance. No three poisons, no three unwholesome roots. No three poisons or three unwholesome roots in Buddhism is no grasping, aversion, ignorance. That's no interference. So you can't like tragedy and atrocity, but you can meet it without grasping, aversion, and ignorance. How? Well, to the extent that we feel sad, I guess there's some grasping and aversion and ignorance. <laughs> so I think it's kind of inevitable that we'll feel sad or angry or some emotional charge um, experiencing atrocity or witnessing it, which is like what's going on today or what's been going on <laughs> since uh, late Atlantean times in the late the last 15,000 years. Humanity has been experiencing continual atrocity, has been doing atrocity to itself continually. How do you love it? Well, how do you meet it with Wu Wei? Well, how do you meet it with mindfulness? You observe, this is atrocity. Hmm. What do the angels do? They feel downcast, downhearted. They feel sad to see Howard Storm uh, hurting people and getting hurt. They feel, you know, uh, a loss, uh, a loss of a grief of the loss of light and love, of love light. There is a loss of love light or a, a shading and a shadowing and an eclipsing and a... a a loss of love light <laughs> or a darkness in the condition of atrocity and uh, harm and um, the way humanity has treated itself for the last 15,000 years and today too. Uh, how do you love that? Well, you can't like it unless you're pretty sick-minded, but you can meet it as the angel that talked to Howard Storm met it, which is just um, pretty inevitable feeling... Sad and, 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 you know, heavy-hearted. It's a heartful reply. It's heavy-hearted. Okay. So that's Green Ray, um, unconditional acceptance. That's meeting, you know, um, the worst with love. With heavy-heartedness. It's heartful in in a heavy pained way. It's a pained heart response. But it is not avoidant. It's not hateful. It's not um, you know uh, making more of it. 
It's not avoidant. So grasping aversion, ignorance, three poisons, three unwholesome roots, Buddhism. Uh, grasping is making more of it than it is, or I want more, or got to get. Aversion, of course, is hate and rejection and avoidance. And of, and ignorance is another form of uh, aversion, actually, in the sense of I don't know or I don't want I don't know because I don't want to know. I don't understand because I don't want to understand. I don't see it because it isn't there or I don't want to see. I don't believe it. I can't believe it. I don't want to believe it. <laughs> the human folly. I don't want to believe it is so. How about I don't want it to be so? That's pretty clear. But I don't want to believe it is I don't want to conceive of it as correct and true. How about what's con- what is truly what is true is not your personal matter. <laughs> it ain't up to you, bub, what's true. What's true is true is true. Whether you like it or don't like it, love it or hate it. And so meeting reality without three unwholesome roots is like sati or mindfulness. That's green ray. That's love. But that doesn't mean I like it. It means I accept it is. And um, uh, probably I'll have a heavy heart about it. And it'll pain me that it is. Um, but I won't get stuck in hate and I won't get stuck in grief and I won't pretend it isn't so, because it is. And it ain't up to me. It is. That's four. And that's the door between two and six. And the spiritualization of identity or, you know, going from the lower self to the higher self or developing the sub- spiritualizing the subjective so that one can truly do subjective acceptance and then do subjective knowing or accepting and knowing which are inevitably subjective is through the way uh, through the sun you know get to the no way to the father but through the sun of course there's no way to six but through four there's no way to 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 spiritualize to to heal two but through four there's no way to go from two to six but through four you know, it goes to three, four, five, and then six. But the two, four, six line, heart is the heart, is four. No way to the Father but through the Son. No way to the higher from the lower but through a commitment to honesty and uh, acceptance of what is. A mindfulness, attentiveness, awareness, recognition. It is. And I have reaction, but it is. I'm not pretending it isn't, and I'm not going to make more of it than it is. I'm not avoiding it. I'm not um, grasping on and exaggerating it. Neither neither uh, amplification, nor avoidance, nor aversion, nor control manipulation. Don't play games. That's Green Ray. Don't fuck around. That's Green Ray. You can quote me on that. Green Ray means don't fuck around. <clears throat> no fuckery. <laughs> no fuckery is the way of Green Ray. Anahata means no fuckery. Mental fuckery, you know, fakery, uh, making, exaggerating, or minimizing. Don't exaggerate, don't minimize. That's freedom from grasping aversion and ignorance Some to some degree. A commitment to being with what is. Be here now. Not over there yesterday, stuck in memory or imagination of yesterday or tomorrow. That's green. 
And that's the link between, that ultimately is the door uh, between 2 and 6. It's also the way of healing 2 and 3. Um, the way from 2 to 6 goes through 4. The healing of 2 and 3 is, of course, by know yourself, accept yourself, uh, 4 and 5. So green ray, green blue, the blue green center, is the salvation of um, the materialist, misunderstood personal uh, identity. The, the, the salvation of lower triad blockage is the green-blue center. The blue-green center, love, wisdom, wisdom and compassion, the qualities of bodhisattva, or qualities that are perfected in bodhisattva, bulsa, bulsatsu. The, the qualities manifest and perfected bodhisattva is of higher self, <laughs> the, which is the perfection of green and blue, which is the perfect blend, blend or balance of love and wisdom. Wisdom and compassion, same, same. Wisdom and compassion, love and wisdom, same, same. Wisdom is buddhi. And compassion, you know, you can say is prem or, um, you know, bhakti. But um, two wings of the bird, two um, ways required the alternation. But they're really two sides of the same. Transpersonal mind, true mind. The, the, the better, the... the on the the salvific way of mind. I mean, buddhi, in many ways, um, is of green-blue itself. <clears throat> in many ways, um, second, third chakra-based thinking is manasic. <laughs> uh, green-blue activate green-blue chakras activation thinking or mind is of buddhi. So buddhi is of fourth and fifth ray activation. Manas is of second and third chakra blockage. So, <clears throat> when there's lower triad blockage, one's thinking is purely manasic. Measuring, uh, discer- distinguishing um, subject-object, and very egocentric. Ego third chakra blockage is the basis of egocentricity, is the basis of a thousand and one mistaken uh, assessments and all the defense mechanisms. The salvation is green, blue, indigo, particularly green, blue. And that is buddhi, where one not only can see one's mind, um, but bring um, a heartful acceptance to one's pain. Most people here are in a lot of pain, you know. Fathers and sisters of sorrow, term for the wanderers. Uh, Jesus, Yeshua, man of sorrows, right? Humans full of pain. And and without green-blue, without acceptance and understanding or um, the commitment to honesty of feeling and knowing what is, uh, they remain in pain. And then... Uh, live their lives, multiple lives, in in very tedious egocentric biases that keep repeating throughout the, the centuries, where they think themselves the best, and then boom and bust, and boom and bust, and boom and bust. Repeatedly. It's very tiresome for <laughs> those that can see it occurring from outside the sphere. So... But the key is um, the working of, of two, three, four, five, six, 
And not only is the salvation of blockages in 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, particularly 4, 5, but the relations uh, within those four, which I call the quadrant of mind, the mandala of mind, I have a talk on that, mandala of mind, the quadrant of mind, 2, 4, 3, 5, within the 2, 6 chakra band. So within the 2, 6 chakra band, uh, the middle five, the Hulman, the five, the five, the the five aspected human being or or octave identity, identity of uh, of a selfhood in the octave. Within that two six sphere, you can say, is two four and three five. That's also important chakra relations. One three five seven line, two four six line. Uh, the heart within is two six, but two to four to six, uh, two and four have a relation. You can say that three and five, circum uh, within the the chakra band two four six, the doing of two four six is by three and five, and the basis of the two the quality of the doing of three and five is the quality of 246, and so they interplay. The 246 line, the flashing activation of 246, um, is the basis of um, continued development of 3.5. And the continued development of 3.5 improves the, the communication of 246, so they interplay. So 3.5 and 246 can be seen as two, two sides of the same coin as well. Thereby we have the three and the two. Thereby we have the lower, the quadrant of mind two, four, and three, five seen differently as an apparent quadrant really within the sphere of the two, four, six, of the two, six, you know, spherical form. Within two, six, you have the, the ring of three, five. And just like uh, the one, three, five, seven line associates with in the arm in the legs and arms the ankles feet as one ankles feet and hands one knees and elbows three shoulders five or shoulders uh, sorry hips and shoulders five the joints of the the legs and the arms uh, in my view associated with the one three five seven line or one three five that's the movement. The stillness is a two, four, six. And so there's yin and yang. The yang is one, three, five, seven. The yin is two, four, six. The yang is uh, three, five. That is of the joints. You know, the one, three, five joints of ankle, knee, hip wrist, elbow, shoulder. That's where motion occurs. That's the doing. The being that is being done, (laughs) the doing what? Who's doing the doing? Being is doing. The being is 2-4 or 2-4-6. And so the being, (laughs) being does doing. Being does. Beingness does doing. The joints move what's between the joints. And that's the 246. 
particularly 2-4, right? So 2-4, you know, 6 is sort of out of, you know, higher self is detached from the whole thing a bit, but <laughs> uh, by that, we have the being of uh, the the core of Human, the 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 chakra center, you know, the, the, the five centers of identity, the five centers of soul for soul evolution, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. The periphery is 2, 6. The central being qualities are the 2, 4, 6 line, or 2, 4, 6. Where it um, is transformed is is by uh, the ring, the inner ring of 3, 5, which is really... Um, relate, related, relational, relationality. And relationality is the basis of, of function. And unity is the basis of being. When, when all is seen as one, we have being. When all manifests uh, dualistically or in the many, we have uh, doing. Doing and being. Being is of unity Doing is of duality. The one, known as the one, is the basis of being. The one, known to be manifesting as an apparent many, is the basis of doing. So the basis of 246 is being, the basis of 35 is doing. And they interplay. Uh, The doing of being changes or improves and develops the awareness of being. <clears throat> uh, immature being becomes mature being by way of doing. Doing what? Doing 3-5, <laughs> which depends on 4. So doing 3-5, qualities of mind that are active, the active qualities of mind based in relationship, the relationship of self to other self, and the relationship of self to mind, or conscious to subconscious. The doing of three is self to other self. The doing of five is conscious mind to subconscious. Both are relational. Both are forms of doing. Both depend on four. The, the one, can, one does only distorted self and other self when four is blocked. Stuck in three. Stuck in three equals blocked in four. Blocked in four, we're stuck in three. The only doing is self and other self very poorly. Four is open, we can not only do the relation of self and other self, we do the relation of conscious to subconscious mind. That's five, buddhi. Then we know not only the relations of conscious mind to subconscious mind, but true nature to manifest uh, manifest appearance or manifest function. Meaning, I can know that I'm the one, I'm the one uh, with this body-mind now. That's the relation of true nature to the apparent self, mm-hmm. which is basically uh, consciousness to subconscious, or the the uh, what the magician to the uh, to the high priestess. So relationality is dualistic to self and other self with third chakra blockage, or with third chakra we have self and other self, and self and other self in groups. When fifth ray and buddhi works, we have. A higher quality of relationship between conscious mind, subconscious mind, by way of four, and true nature 
to manifest um, mind, body, spirit, complex, or soul. That's six. So, <laughs> got it? <clears throat> 55, 55. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 55, zero, zero. 56, zero, zero. So, there you go. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Not thank you, you, but thank you, up. So, I hope that was useful. And that's probably where we end for today. In uh, a moment of ecstatic uh, revelation received knowledge so <laughs> um, maybe next week I'll talk further about um, this issue uh, clearly what we see now on earth is um, the far end uh, consequences of intense veiling of human being by uh, these logoi or the lo local logoi the local logos <clears throat> and um, it will be as it will be uh, so that's about it so that's all <laughs> I'll talk more next week thank you for being here I appreciate it uh, that you're here I can be here it's good for me too take good care of yourselves see you next time and good night